Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I want to hear this open like every single day. I love it so much. The Milwaukee Bucks waking up winning today. 105-98 the final last night as the Bucks close it out in six on their home floor. And it was all because of their star and the MVP of the finals. That would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. What a stat line for him. 50 points, 14 boards, five blocks, becoming the first player with 50-10-5 and in a playoff game since they were first tracked in 1973 and 74. I mean, just so impressive. A half decade since the last time the Bucks won a chip. That was the longest drought um, in terms of one team winning it in NBA history, and they are waking up happy in Milwaukee mm. today. I'm telling you what, I mean, they they forcing everybody to worry about their process. You talk about the process. This was a process with Giannis. And this is a process that was successful. They pushed all their chips into the to the middle of the table. They went all in this offseason. Giannis signed the Supermax. You go out and you get Drew Holiday. You go out and trade for P.J. Tucker. And listen, they're victorious. And listen, right now, you know, if you ain't first, you last. And they're first. They Everybody's are. chasing the Milwaukee Bucks. He is. And Giannis proud of the way that he did, too. This was him last night after the win on – him doing things his way. This is my city. You know, they, they trust me. They believe in me. They believe in us. Even when we were like, we were lost, the city still was like on our side. And, um, you know, obviously I, want, I wanted to get the job done. You know, uh, they, but that's my stubborn side. Like, it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. It's easy. I could go, I, I don't want to put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team. And, you know, just do my part and win a championship, still one. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way I chose to do it. And we did it. And I love, like... We did it, man. I don't know why I cut off the best part. Um, I love taking pride, right, in what he's been yeah. able to accomplish and who's he's been able to accomplish with. Chris Middleton, there was a point after the game last night where he was giving props to him. Obviously, Giannis was drafted by Milwaukee and has kind of came up, so to speak, through the NBA with Chris Middleton. Yeah. And that Batman-Robin one-two punch proved to be effective. And the other thing we can now stop talking about is Coach Budenholzer. Like, yeah, who was on the hot seat like if you like know, a minute ago. Been, been down 0-2 in two, two series in the playoffs. You know, it was, it was reported that his job was on the line, right? Even after all the success that they had, he was seen as a guy who just couldn't get them over the finish, across the finish line. And, you know, early on going down 0-2, those first two games in Phoenix looked like it, they were going like Phoenix was going to run away from with it. And it looked like they had no answers for the per- 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 professional, perpetual, perpetual <laughs> movement that was going on, you know, early on in, in the series. But then, you know, they stayed with it. You know, everybody taught, said that he was stubborn because he decided that he's the only guy that played pretty much plays with two centers and Brooke Lopez and, and, and Giannis. But he did it his way. He made the necessary adjustments. He inspired his team. Yeah. And they had his back. Yeah. And they, they responded to his call to duty, to action. And that's really what you want from your leader. His message hadn't gone cold. No, I hadn't gone cold at all. And I loved this after the game. Budenholzer, um, you know, had a mic in his face and obviously emotions running high. But what did he do? He deferred the credit to Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I love that. Here's Coach Bud. I'm so blessed to work with Giannis every day. He's a special human being. He's an even more amazing human being that he is a player. Um, I've learned so much from him, his leadership, Chris's leadership. Chris and Giannis together, they built this. I'm just glad I could be a part of what Chris and Giannis have done. It's beautiful. So last night, Chris Middleton had seven po- or 17 points, rather, excuse me, um, five boards, and he did enough. Again, timely shots. And here's what I loved about um, Chris Middleton. There were a few points in the game last night, Bart, 
where I felt like, you know, they, they were they had a lead and instead of like running out the clock and letting him run all over the floor because they had the lead and they wanted to drink like he just went to his sweet spot, took his shot got the bucket, got the points, and moved on with it. And that's what I've loved about Chris Middleton throughout the entirety of this final series. Like, he got his the way that he wanted in the moments that mattered most. Like, there's a reason that we called him clutch. There was a reason you trusted Chris Middleton late in games to go out and get things done. And that is a reason why this Batman and Robin works so well. And you heard Giannis again talking about Chris Middleton and what he meant to him. Going back to Giannis, though, and I know you made the comparison to Shaquille O'Neal and what Giannis has been able to do. And not saying he is Shaquille O'Neal, just saying, you're, you know, his game, He's a, modern, he's a modern day. He dominates the game in the paint, right? He, right. He's, not, he's not some guy that's going to stretch the floor, shoot 18-footers. He ain't Carmelo Malone. He at the elbow. He get into a spot, and, and damn it, if you're he in the way, he's he going to go over you or around you. Right, right, exactly. So Giannis recorded three 40-point, 10-rebound games in the NBA Finals. Let me read that again, mm. shall I? Three 40-point, 10-rebound games in the NBA Finals. That would join only Shaquille O'Neal in 2000 as the only players in NBA history. The stat line, the receipts for Giannis in this series, he averaged just over 35 points a game, just over 13 boards, five assists, and he shot 62% in field goals. And then, by the way, last night he had five blocks. Yeah, and remember, Defensive, yeah. offense, everything. And remember, right, he's a guy that was a question mark for the entire series. We didn't mention his knee one time. We mentioned the first game because we was like, man, he came back. He, You know, a couple times he grimaced a little bit. But, man, I tell you what, that vibranium was good or whatever shot they gave him because he was jacked up on Mountain Dew. And he would <laughs> not be denied. And you know what was motivated? You know, I'm, I'm friends with Bernard Hopkins. Um, we're very cordial. And I always quote him all the time. And what he says is, what's built lasts longer than what's born. And, like, a lot of guys are born to be great, and they rely on their greatness and what God gave them. Giannis is made. Like, so he's a little bit of both, right? And that's why I think he pairs so much with Chris Middleton because Chris Middleton is a second-round draft pick. He was with my Detroit Pistons, right? He was in the G League, but he's a guy that built himself to greatness. He wasn't, getting, he wasn't given a, a scarlet letter saying, okay, certified great, right, coming in. So that's why I think the humility of the great players work well together. And like you say, they're not the best roster. They're the best team. Reminds me of those Piston teams that had Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben. Uh, ben Wallace and Rashid Wallace, right? They all the parts. The whole was greater than the sum of his parts, and I think that's what the, this is a, an example of. And that Giannis is a guy that's built, not born. 196 pounds coming into this league. Now he's 242, rippling steel and sex appeal, and he got that with hard work, not working with LeBron. Not working with his uh, with, 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 with his nutrition. He did it with his crew, his people, hard work and dedication in the shadows. So true. And so Milwaukee celebrates today, uh, maybe in through the weekend, because there will be a parade, so, uh, a parade somewhere. And the whole state of Wisconsin probably really excited about this. And so maybe it moves some of the attention off of Aaron Rodgers for a little bit. And I heard Giannis say, you know, this is my city. And I'm like, yeah, it might be your city for yeah, a long yeah, time. No might be, we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. But the Packers report to training camp in exactly six days. Cowboys report today. Mm. Tomorrow the Steelers do. Rest of the league next week. It's <sighs> the Packers in six days. And yesterday we got... A little bit of news, I guess we'll call it, coming out of the Packers organization that our Adam Schefter reported in terms of it's never been about the money for Aaron Rodgers. Take a listen to Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider. As it pertains to the contract, it's a situation where I don't care what the structure is. I have people texting me, well, what's the structure? What's the guarantee? We need to know that. The point is the player doesn't want to be there. I don't care what the structure is. I don't care what the guarantees are. 
if they structure and tailor the contract a different way, I don't believe that's going to change Aaron Rodgers' mind. He's not interested in an extension, apparently. He is interested in a reduction. Okay, so they were going to offer an extension to Aaron Rodgers for two years and make him essentially the highest-paid quarterback Oof. in the league should he have signed it. I know, Bart, you weren't really in favor of this. Yeah, but for one only- year. What for, does that mean? Oh, highest pay for one year? Like, what's the average? Like, clearly Mahomes, means nothing to him. When Mahomes got a billion dollars. It's about the job security. If he believes he can play for five years, if he's going to be the highest paid player for five years, making $200 million for five years or $250 million, that's, that's a different story. I think what he wants and what would make Aaron Rodgers happy if they get rid of – listen, they give him the power and say, this is your organization until you decide it's not, and they get rid of the general manager who rubbed them the wrong way. If they ship off happening. Jordan – if they ship off Jordan Love – Right, because much like Tom Brady, nobody wants somebody in the shadows, nobody behind them peeking over their shoulder. Right? If you do that, then I'll stay. Well, we know that's a deal breaker, so then just let me go, man, and let's figure out the best package that we can do to get me up out of here. Okay, none of those things are happening. So uh, let me go. They're, they're not going to let him go now. I mean, we were talking to Jen Lada earlier um, from Milwaukee, who obviously has covered not only this story really closely, but Aaron Rodgers and the Packers really closely. And I guess she made a really good point. Like, you're not going to give him exactly what he wants because it's not beneficial to your business right now. Yeah. Like, it, it, would ma- it would make more sense for him to play at p- – Play out this year, and then it, then trade him in you know whatever way, and get what you can get out of him. But you're not going to trade the league MVP or just give him what he wants to get nothing in return. Yeah, but let's let's see what he's made out of. Let's see if Aaron Rodgers is built more like um, Jim Brown and Barry Sanders, who say, you know what, I much rather stick to my principles and retire than to let you remember. Barry Sanders was the baddest man on the planet. Jim Brown was the MVP, and they said, you know what, you're not going to dictate to me my life. I work my ass off my entire life so I can do things my way, and if y'all not going to let me out, cool. Peace. I holla. <sighs> when would Jordan love? Yeah, I am. I'm just saying. Okay, and so as we were saying, today let everyone enjoy the celebration of the Bucks because things could get a little uh, a little murky for the yeah. for the Packers here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Again, Packers report in six days. No clue what Aaron Rodgers is going to do or what he's thinking. My assumption would be that he will show up at some point, I will guess, at training camp. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But you're right. We'll see how long this thing actually goes. We will see. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80. And on your smart speakers, you, all you got to do is say play ESPN Radio. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN at 888-729-3776. Uh, can I bring him in? Bring in who? No, not yet. Oh, he not ready. yet. Oh, tease I'll tell you when, oh, tell you when he's Okay, ready. I'm hyped up. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do my job well. I'm the hype man. I'm the official hype my man. My job is to tell you when it's ready. Okay, he's not okay. ready yet. All like right. you're trying to jump on the gun. All right, I'm coachable. And, and uh, just so you know, oh, Perk is ready. Okay. okay. Can, right. I, can, can, I, can I do it? Can okay. I go? All right, go. Because listen, I, he hired me last week as unofficial hype man. So like, I want to introduce. Uh, can I get the music? Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? Every oh. every great superhero has his theme music. NBA champion, the starter for the <laughs> Goon Squad, and not only is he a member, he's the president of When Keeping It Real Goes Wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Perk. It's time for the Percolator, baby. <laughs> okay. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us right now on the Goodyear it's Hotline. Time for the if that's not an introduction, I don't know percolator. what is. He clearly did it much it's better than I percolator. ever could, Perk. Good morning to you. I know you're probably on limited sleep after last night's celebrations, but nonetheless, I just. Your reaction to the W for the Milwaukee Bucks and the performance Giannis put on? Well, I mean, the performance was one of the greatest performances in NBA history when you look talk about the finals, what Giannis did on both ends of the floor, the way that he anchored that defense, uh, the way that he 
like intimidated for as his shot blocking ability, for as him being able to switch out and guard offensively. He just played with brute force. He was not going to back off and let off. He attacked the basket. He got downhill at will. He got to the free throw line and made his free throws when it mattered the most. Look, the pressure was all on Milwaukee last night to close that game out. And when we watched the game, we saw guys shooting the ball, hitting the side of the backboard. I mean, it was shooting it so hard, I started ducking in my hotel room. <laughs> but when you look at it, when you look at Giannis, he was the one that looks looked the most comfortable, right? He looked comfortable. He looked like he was ready for that moment, and he was. And when you talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and hold the organization, the players that they have, listening to their post-game interview, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, and their character, if you're not a hater after witnessing that, then if you're a hater after witnessing that, then you really have some soul searching to do. All right, Perk, we're going to go to the other side here. Let's go to the Suns because we've talked a lot about what Giannis was able to do and what the Bucks were able to do last night. But let's go to the Suns. You know, I think it was two days mm. ago when you said uh, CP3 needed CPR. <laughs> um, but he, he did show up yesterday. Look, they brought, it down, they brought it down to the wire at the end of the game. They had a lead at halftime. They were up double digits early on. Just couldn't close it out. What does this mean for CP3 going forward? You know what? It's tough. He, I mean, you, you're talking about a guy that, you know, me and CP3 are the same age. Unfortunately, he's still playing. I didn't start in my second career, but he's 36 years old going on 37. And, I mean, you know, he's past his prime, and it's like, what's next? And the only thing for CP3 is to try to win a championship. He has, he want to get a championship. And he has to evaluate his situation, whether he wants to stay in Phoenix with that young core, whether he believes they can make it out of the West, or whether he believes it's time for him to go and go somewhere else to try to help him win a championship. He's at that point in his career. He don't have too much time left. We're talking about a guy that's six foot, the point guard position, don't a guy that's not athletic. We saw Drew Holiday take him out of the game so much throughout this series. So it's it's really up to CP3. Now you you talk about that. You know you talk about a team that was up two zero. Perk, what went wrong? What was the adjustments that Budenholzer and the Bucks made that you know that made um, Phoenix not be able to answer the bell? Well, it's crazy because you you watch series and and this is the, the fun thing about having a seven game series is that. The tides could turn. And we watch Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns in game one and two do exactly what they wanted to do. We watched Monty Williams set those guys up uh, to be successful. We watched the Phoenix Suns play inspiring basketball on the offensive end, play together on the defensive end. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Mike Budenholzer makes some changes. He put Drew Holiday on Chris Paul. He put P.J. Tucker on Devin Booker. He moved Giannis more to the center position. Giannis embraces that role. He embraced it. One thing you have to realize is that that showed a lot of character out of Giannis and a lot of respect that he had for his coach because when your coach asks you to do something as a superstar and you put your pride aside for your individual of whatever you have individually for is what you want to do for your game and do it for the team, it's called losing yourself in the team, that shows a lot. And so when he moved to the center position, he came dominant. He was rolling to the basket. He came. He played more in the paint. He had more post touches. And when you look at that Milwaukee Bucks team and what they did, the coaching staff on down, they made it, they made, they, they did the needed adjustments and they got it done and they got it done in great fashion. 
Talking to Kendrick Perkins right now, ESPN NBA analyst. He's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline here in Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, so with all that being said, what you just pointed out about Coach Bud and how he was able to make those adjustments. So would you say we can stop this narrative now that he might not be the best coach from Milwaukee or whatever it may be? Like, can he get some of the credit for this chip? Absolutely. I mean, you have to give him credit. But, you know, the criticism that he had in the past, he deserved the criticism because he didn't get it done. And the Milwaukee didn't get over the hump. And he didn't make those adjustments. But now that he did and now that he's a champion, you absolutely got to give Budenholzer credit for what he done in those in-game adjustments. And, yes, it does stop. And, and Like, once you're a champion as a coach, it's nothing no one else could tell you. I don't mm-hmm. care. You could you could not make the playoffs for the next three or four seasons, and nobody would really give a damn. But the, <laughs> the criticism that he had before then, he deserved that criticism. But now you have to give him you got you have to give him all the praise. Now, Perk, this is this is a title for the small market team, right? It's proven that it can be done and it can be done organically. You know, if you're Portland right now and you're looking at, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks as a champion with a generational talent and they pushed all their chips in to the middle of the table to make sure that they don't doesn't waste his prime. You know, what do you think they're, they're saying and what the narrative is going on in Portland around Dame Lillard? Well, see, it, it's, it's hard, boy, because it's two different players. You know what I mean? You got a, a Damian Lillard that's a point guard, that's a guy that's 31 years of age, that never really won the MVP, was never considered the best player in the NBA. And now you, you're looking at a guy like Giannis, who's a freak of nature, right? A guy that we probably won't see for another 10, 15 years, the way that he's playing. He's like kind of like the next LeBron James in the making, especially when you look at his resume, is longer than the Starbucks line. <laughs> but when you talk about Damian Lillard and the issues that they have in Portland, and you just look at the Western Conference. You just got to evaluate that situation and say, is it enough? And I always go back to that time of when Kevin Garnett kept carrying the Minnesota Timberwolves to, to conference finals and doing everything in his power, but the personnel and the others around him just wasn't getting it done. And he came to that point of his career at the age of 31 when he was like, you know what, it's time for change. It's time for change, and that's when he got traded to Boston. And we heard KG in his uh, hall of, with his Hall of Fame speech, and he said it. He said, the only thing I regret in my entire basketball career was not getting to Boston earlier in my career. And I just don't want Damian Lillard to have those same regrets when it's all said and done. He only have about maybe four or five years at max left in his prime. So what's the Boston equivalent? I know like me and you were on a radio show, and that's when I first introduced the idea of him to Golden State when you think about you know, the storyline is not him chasing rings, but him mm. going home to win one for his home team. Is that a, a great landing spot? And could Dame you know, consider that? Because they have, the, they have the ammunition to give Portland a haul back in return. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and it's like I said, it's up to Dame. And I think Dame's biggest fear – is that Dame, you know, he didn't say it time and time again to other players around the NBA, he don't run from the grind. But it's okay to run right now, especially when you didn't did everything in your power. We have to remember in these, in these playoffs alone, although they lost, Dame was doing Dame dollar things. You know, we were, we were watching greatness from what he was putting up, especially against the Denver Nuggets. So with that being said, if I'm Dame, I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors, and I'm like, man, 
It's in the Bay. I'm from Oakland. I'm a Bay. I'm I'm a guy from that area. I might want to go there. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Dame Dollar. They will be the clear cut favorites to win the NBA championship if that happened. And like you said, boy. The Golden State Warriors have the assets. They have the capital. Andrew Wiggins, uh, Wiseman, with the draft picks to get Damian Lillard to pal with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Whew, Jesus Christ. I'm sure it didn't help either that the Nuggets got swept by the Suns. I'm sure that didn't help the case in Portland. Uh, yeah. Nonetheless, uh, thank you so much, Kendrick <laughs> Perkins. We appreciate the insight as always. We'll talk to you later. Go get some rest, bud. I got no uh, outro for you, though, man. I don't, I don't you. bring you in. I don't know how to take you out, Big Perk. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Perk. It's all good, but I appreciate it. Uh, all right, training camp opens up, and an expected, an expected contender, rather, mm. is already scrambling for a replacement. Mm, not a good start right now in L.A. That's next. Along Bart Scott, I'm Shay Cornette, and this is Keyshawn. Shake and bake. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. This is brutal for both the Rams and for Akers, who really started to break out at the end of last season. A running back is not only the quarterback's best friend, the running game is also the defense's best friend. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right. Training camp begins today for the Dallas Cowboys. Tomorrow for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're in the Hall of Fame game, so they're getting things underway mm-hmm. quickly. Next week, the rest of the league opens up. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. <laughs> we'll go to the Goodyear Hotline in just a minute. So yesterday, uh, we heard the news that Cam Akers, running back for the Rams, tore his Achilles. Uh, he is done for the remainder of the season, obviously. He's going to have to sit this one out. That's a brutal injury, and that was according to our Adam Schefter. And so now, the Rams are going to have to look elsewhere, Bart. Um, and let's bring in someone who maybe has a little bit of insight on this, shall we? Let's go to Kirk Morrison. Uh, he is the Rams pre and post game analyst for ESPN 710 in LA, and he joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Kirk, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. I know it is early in LA, so thanks for waking up so early with us. And I mentioned it. Um, Rams losing Cam Akers yesterday to that Achilles. Sean McVay said on Max Kellerman that that will be an enormous loss, and obviously that is true considering the stable of backs that they have. And so where will they look now to fill that void. Uh, yeah, first of all, morning, Shay. How you doing? Um, honestly, I would say the, uh, it's a big blow for the Rams. But at the same time, I believe that this is an offense that is still going to be geared around Matthew Stafford, its wide receivers. It's just going to be running back by committee, which, in my opinion, is best for this offense. 
We saw it last year with them, them deploying three running backs with Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and also Malcolm Brown. All three of those guys combined for 12 touchdowns, over 1,000 yards between the three of them. But no one had over 625 yards. So I, I look at the same way that they had the running back platoon of a year ago. They'll probably have to do the same thing. It's just it's just hard to see because you know Cam Akers was such a guy that you saw him last year in his rookie year. He had a couple of injuries early on, but when he finally got into the groove of things, you saw him take off and be that lead back. Just a young guy, unfortunate uh, for an injury, but I still think that Sean McVay is not going to press the panic button. Just relax a little bit, let his young guys go out and compete before he has to go look at another option at that position. Yeah, man. Uh, good morning, Kurt. I mean, you said hey to Shay Shay. I thought we went back like a, like a way back, man, like a hot tub time machine, Listen. man. You didn't say you had no love for me. I'm not going to ask your question yet, Bart. I'm waiting for you to ask your question. But I'm here. Okay, okay. Well, hey, and morning to you, Bart. Hey, hey we uh, was it? cheers. A uh, cup of coffee to you, too, as well. What's up, brother? Kurt, don't up? let him do that. Every <laughs> guest says hi to him first. You're the first one who has said hi to me first, and he has to steal the spotlight. Don't let him do that to you. Well, 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 well I'm, I'm going to give you two categories as far as potential replacement sure. for you tell me which one makes the most sense, right? We can go with the yeah. brand names that we know, and like Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Duke Johnson, or maybe Devontae Freeman. You know, so that's that's from the the the, um, the names that we know. But you know, when you I look at a team like the Jets and may uh, may have some guys available via trade because they have Josh Adams, who last year averaged six yards a carry. Uh, I believe Ty right. Johnson averaged eight yards a carry. He's a young pup. Uh, the Jets, uh, underneath a different regime, underneath Adam Gase, drafted the Michael P. Ryan. But we know that Michael right. Carter and Tevin Coleman is going to be the mainstays there. So, which one of those guys seem like the best options? You know, for the Rams. It just—it's funny that Bart was going to find a Jets angle. How, how was that? Um, but <laughs> though, honestly, when you think Thanks about it, I, I look at this. I look at this, Bart. Honestly, the, the options for me are this: they have, I think, guys that can get the job done on their roster right now. The Rams do currently. So, look, Daryl Henderson was a guy. He was actually had one yard less than Cam Akers a year ago. There were times in which I thought he was the best back on the team last year and actually the last previous two seasons. And so he's going to get the first crack at it to have an increased workload. Then after that, they got a kid named Xavier Jones, who I watched at SMU, uh, running back who's an undrafted free agent. They're going to give him a shot. Also, Raymond Calais was a guy who the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they drafted last year. He just didn't make it out of training camp, but one of the fastest guys in the league. They're going to give him an opportunity, and they drafted a kid by the name of Jake Funk out of Maryland. So look, those are the guys who I'm thinking are going to just they're going to compete. But if there was a team that I'm looking at, because I did just the same thing that you did, Bart, you start looking and you're scouring teams that have guys on one-year contracts left, or you know possibly the uh, the backfield may be too crowded. But the team more so that I focus on was the Houston Texans, though. Because I looked at their running back roster right now currently, and I'm seeing, like you mentioned, David Johnson earlier, but what about Philip Lindsay? What about Mark Ingram? And then if you're just talking about a guy who's just, you're looking for someone to come in on third down possibly or give you some flexibility in passing situations, could it be a Rex Burkhead, you know, who's Mm -hmm. with them now currently, the Houston Texans? And we saw him in Super Bowls with Tom Brady. So to me, I look at also a crowded backfield 
uh, in Houston. Oh, I forgot to mention Mark Ingram, by the way, too. You know, we've seen Mark Ingram, um, you know, between his time with the Saints and also with the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm looking more at the Houston backfield. That so it's too crowded. One guy may have to go. Could that guy come over to Los Angeles as well? Interesting. We're talking to Kirk Morrison, Rams pre and post game analyst for ESPN 710 in LA. He's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline here in Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Shay Cornette. He is Bart Scott. Okay, uh, training camp starts for rookies on July 25th, followed by the rest of the team on July 27th. First team practice is July 28th. All that to say, it's coming up here very closely. And so expectations for the Rams. They have a new quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Obviously, they've now lost Cam Akers. But when you look at this team as a whole and how competitive that NFC West is, what are the expectations heading into camp? I mean, when you make the trade for Matthew Stafford, it's Super Bowl or bust. Super Bowl or go home. That's all it is. Because Jared Goff has already taken you to a Super Bowl. Uh, This team last year made it to the divisional round and they lost to the Green Bay Packers. They felt that you know, a, an area of weakness was at that quarterback position, and they went out and traded for a guy that they said upgrades that position. So unless you're going to a conference championship game or at least the Super Bowl, this that's that's the expectation for this Rams squad. And they went out and grabbed Deshaun Jackson. They went out and drafted the kid Tutu Atwell. They felt that, look, our team is right where we want it to be. We just had to upgrade in a couple areas. And I think that's the expectation right now going into training camp is we got to get to a Super Bowl because they've got there before with the personnel they've had previously. Now with the new personnel, you got to get right back to where you were a couple seasons ago. Kurt, uh, training camp, going into training camp, what was your mindset? Yeah. And do you have any funny conditioning test stories huh. about showing up for training the conditioning camp? Day it's the funniest day ever. I saw a guy <laughs> pulled out in a wheelbarrow before. Like I never saw a guy in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Um, you know, I think Bart, for me, the the fun part about training camp and those conditioning tests was that I always had anxiety because you were like, man, I cannot go out there and look bad, out of shape, anything, because that's the one time that everybody's all together, all the coaches are all out there on the field, and everybody's watching you. So the job is to act like the conditioning test is is like is a breeze. So it's not just you got to go out there and and, 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 fit, and finish the test and say, hey, I completed it. No, you got to act like, oh, man, this test ain't nothing. I've been working out. I've been doing all that stuff. So I've seen some guys not make it, and that's the worst thing ever, Bart. You know this, Shay. I mean, look, if you don't make that's – the, that's the anxiety <laughs> that you get of a conditioning test because if you don't make, make that test, if you don't pass it, you have to wake up already like, at 5.30 in the morning and take that test every day until yeah. you pass it. Which, You're not allowed yeah, like, to Yo, ain't passed yesterday. What the hell make you think I'm going to pass it today? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I've, seen, I've seen a guy had to do that test literally for a week and a half because he just didn't – he was out of shape. He didn't do anything in his time off, and he came in. He, had to, he was a young guy, too, and I was just like, man, I felt bad. Here I am already struggling just, to, you know, for our early morning wake-ups, and this guy had to get up – and you could see it when we used to walk in the locker room. He was already done already for the day. Like he, and he, we still had to go practice, but he still was like, barbecue man. chicken. He was already barbecue chicken. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, the it Cowboys today don't have any of that. All right, Kirk Morrison, Rams pre and post game analyst for 710 LA, uh, the ESPN station there. Thank you for the insight this morning for getting up early. We appreciate it. Go enjoy your day. Shay, Bart, always a pleasure. Appreciate you guys. See you, Kirk. Holla. See ya. All right, you've heard all of, uh, I didn't write this tease, but I feel like I should read it because it's pretty funny. Uh, you've heard all of Bart's tremendously confusing analogies. <laughs> now it's your turn to supply him with more. Please give us a call, 888-729-3776. We'll get to you right after Bart has this from O'Reilly. 
Superstar batteries exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts are designed to meet the electrical demands of today's vehicles. Get dependable power and performance from a super battery for your car, truck, motorcycle, lawnmower, boat, and more. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and their professional parts people can help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAutoParts.com. It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're going to get to call a roulette here in just a minute because it is a fun game that we like to play here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. My name is Shake Gornet. Shake and bake! Bart Scott! Hanging out with you this morning after the Bucks win game six at home, and they are your champion this morning. So it is a good Wednesday in Milwaukee, that is for sure. And it was a good Tuesday yesterday for the Buccaneers. They visited the White House, mm. got to a little meet and greet with President Joe Biden, and Tom Brady, you know, had jokes. Take a listen to the Bucks quarterback. We got on a roll. Not a lot of people, you know, think that we could have won. In fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. (laughs) Uh, I love his ghostwriters because I tell you what, I'm glad that he finally admit that he forgot that it was fourth down because that's the first time we ever heard of it. But, you know, it's all good. I uh, watched that game very closely for a lot of different reasons, and I'm like, he doesn't know what down it is. <laughs> Bears are going to win. I was freaking out. Like, what? Three, uh, I know. I'm like, what's happening? Um, okay, this is the question I have to you, because our producers were talking about this before the show, and I happen to disagree with the sentiment, but I'm wondering if I'm not in the norm, that Tom Brady has become much more likable since joining the Bucks because he has, like, taken a shot of calm down a little bit. 
I mean, and he's able to show a personality. It's not a, a slice of humble pie, right? He's let us in and showed us who he was. Like, he showed us a little bit with time versus time. But sometimes you just got to get away from there because they go about business a certain way. And, and listen, he was a good soldier, man. But, like, now, like, when you get old, you get tired of being who you're not, right? When you get old, like, you, you ever hang around old people, they got little BS in their system, right? They're going to say what they say because they don't have time to try and, and fool you. And that's what time has done, man. He's down there. He's getting good vitamin D. You saw Bruce Aarons. He like, he fell asleep on the beach. You know what I mean? We talk, we talk about that. We, we, we talk, we talk. Like yeah, yeah, like, all right, he, take he, a layer off. He masked his shirt, man. He looked like Dan Orlowski over here, man. He looked like he fell asleep <laughs> on the beach. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> he looked God, like he fell asleep on the beach, man. I'm like, that's a fall color. I don't know. What's <laughs> going on there? I, see, I, I like Tom Brady even when he was with the Patriots. I think I, I thought people I hated not. him. Well, Okay, you got other reasons. But I thought people hated him because he kept winning chips, not because no. of his, you know, not because he was kind of uptight, for lack of a better word. And now he's loosened up a lot since being down in Florida. No, I, I, love, I love this version of Tom Brady. I mean, yeah. I think he's letting us in, right? And he's letting his guard down. And he's showing you how funny he is. Rather mm-hmm. you talk about what he's been able to do with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the golfing and before that. You know, you, know what's funny? you know what's funny? Like, when you look at him, Tom Brady is a cool, suave, dabbing near one. Peyton Manning looks like the dork, but Peyton Manning's actually the really cool and funny one, right? And it's always funny, like, when you, we, we see alpha males amongst each other, like, who can still be funny and, and make fun of the other one? So Tom Brady lost to, to Peyton Manning as far as being able to go, you know, funny line for one line, but then he killed Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? It's like it's like beautiful thing. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. All right, we're going to play Call a Roulette right now. We got it. Let's spin the wheel. Mm-mm-mm-mm. There we go. Line. Line three, please. <laughs> that would be yeah, you. This is uh, Marlon from uh, Arizona. Hey. Uh, this question is for Bart. Uh, Bart, what does the uh, NFL uh, conditioning test consist of? And what do the players have to do to pass? Oh, uh, man, it, it depends on which one it is. Some of them are 300s, right? So, like, that means, like, I hate the short 300s, right? So, if you, the 300s that you hate are the ones that you have to, like, redirect with because you have to stop start so you, you expend more energy. So if you got to run to the 25, I think that's 12 times back at 25. i much rather do to, 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 uh, to the 50-yard line because that's only six down and backs, right? So once you get that top speed, you don't have to decelerate and open back up. And then our conditioning test, we had one, it was like you had to run to the 50 underneath like uh, – seven seconds, 20, uh, 20 times, but it's broken up into intervals of 10. So what happens is you got to be able – it's like the last two of either one of those where you got to make it through. And you had to make it, I think, the 300 test in like I believe a minute and a half. So you do the math. You just – it's like you – That sounds like a good workout program. Maybe we should, yeah. maybe we should go back it's to the that conditioning test. It's the funny thing. I told you, test. a man in a full – I've never seen a man in a full wheelbarrow. Let's go to another. Let's get another That's call. okay. Roll the, roll the wheel. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Roll the wheel. wheel. I, rolled it. I rolled the wheel. <laughs> Roll the wheel. I don't know what I'm talking about. Line four. Hey, good morning. This is Robert from Texas. I had a uh, question for both of you about um, the ASC South. Why is everyone higher on the Colts than the Titans? Oh, well, because the Colts, I believe, have Carson a tremendous – Yeah, the Colts have a tremendous defense as well, right? Remember, the Titans' defense struggled last year. They're hoping that Bud Dupree can be that pass rusher that they need. He's coming off of ACL surgery. When you look at the offensive line and what um, Phillip Rivers, who people thought was done, was able to do and get them to the postseason, imagine a young guy that can buy time with his legs and make those off-schedule plays – you know, T.Y. Hilton decided not to go play with Lamar Jackson because he wanted the idea of playing in that offense that he knows 
with Carson Wentz when he can play at that MVP level. They're the most complete team that they have. They have two great running backs, a great defense, and the best offense line or top five in the NFL. I mean, there's no weakness, really, on yeah. the Colts. Like, last year, they were one Dolphins loss away from being in the playoffs or vice versa or whatever it was, right. the Dolphins, in the, and, like, from exceeding uh, expectations in the playoffs. And so now they're at a position where you bring in Carson Wentz, a guy who's very familiar yeah. with the head coach, who has a strong line. And how were, how were the Eagles able to have a Super Bowl uh, – winning team. I know Carson Wentz wasn't the a quarterback. Great, had the best offensive line. And they had a great run game. Two things he didn't have last year with the Eagles, and he does now have with the Colts. So you would hope that it would equal a winning recipe. Okay, spin the wheel. Roll the wheel. Rolling it. Roll the wheel. Roll the wheel. <laughs> line five. Hey, guys. What up? Hey. Frank from Tennessee. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Frank from Tennessee. I want to know what Bart thinks about the Cowboys. I tell you what, the Cowboys are going to be dangerous, right? But that division, I think, is a lot more competitive than people you know, are, are thinking about. I think they have three legitimate teams that can get in the playoffs, and because two of them have great, great defense, they're going to have a legitimate chance to win. Uh, it's going to come down to can Dak get this team over the hump and can Quinn, you know, the defensive coordinator, you know, really get this team not to be like top 10, but just top 15 respectable. But they have weapons galore. And if, if last year was any indication of one first year in the offense, what Dak can do, you know, he should only be better now with a healthy offensive line and a rejuvenated Ezekiel Elliott when he was throwing for over 500 yards and leading the league, even after he got hurt in passing for like three weeks after. I think we got time for one more. Let's spin that wheel one more time, okay? Here we, last one. Let's go line six. Hello. Good morning. This is Zara from New York. Hi. What up? Hi. Uh, so, you know, I've always wanted to come into the show because I always watch the show. Big fan of Yannis, big fan of what you guys are doing. But, you know, I wanted to say that, you know, a lot of things have been said about Yannis, and I felt like one of these days he's just going to mess around and end up being one of the greatest players in the NBA. Yeah, well, a little okay. bit what he was saying is the disrespect that Giannis was getting. Was that our caller from Greece? You know, Giannis has shown. <laughs> no, from New York. Oh, from New York, but I'm saying, you know, maybe by yeah, way right, of Greece. Right. I mean, Giannis, you know, proved all the dollars wrong. I mean, it was, you know, everybody was talking about how flawed he was as a superstar, how he didn't get love. He did it his way. You know, he figured out a way to be effective, and he got the championship. And no matter what you feel about him, you'll never be able to take that away from him. And with his resume now, he puts himself in rarefied air. Two MVPs, a defensive player of the year award, and now champion. If he doesn't do another damn thing he's going to be considered probably one of the top five greatest big men of all time look Giannis is now in rare company we've talked about it throughout the entirety of this show what he was able to do in this playoffs and during this final series is rare and today he is celebrating as he should be with an MVP trophy with a championship trophy and I know that they are celebrating heavily right now in Milwaukee as they should be and we've talked Let about Jay will get some sleep man <laughs> he said it was ru- very ruckus at his uh <laughs> hotel into the wee hours of the night which come on hi I like to file a complaint yeah I'm in room <laughs> 1b uh my name's Jason Williams I can't get no damn sleep <laughs> I'm sure he can nap now it's fine everyone's sleeping all right the celebration for the Bucks and their first title in 50 years continues right here on ESPN radio all day especially with Greeny next see you later